Hello. Hello. Hi everybody and welcome back to Industry Tactics. Today we go to the Appalachian Mountains. A talk with electronic music pioneer Lisa Belladonna. What a treat to get into her career and music. We even get a, a special couple of special guest visits from her daughter Joni, putting new meaning to the word TikTok. Anyways, I have a new release coming out on April 16th. Go to friendlyrich.com. It's Friendly Rich and the Lollipop people live at the Cameron House. Pretty stoked to uh, to release that this Friday. And that'll be available on all streaming sites. Excited to put that into the world. And sit back and prepare to be dazzled. This is episode 110, my chat with the great Lisa Belladonna. To industry tactics, Lisa Belladonna. What a thrill! Hi, how are you? I am. I'm excited. How are you doing? Doing great, thank you. It's a beautiful morning out here. Very excited about a weekend full of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, where you're? You're in the. You live in the Appalachia Mountains. Is this correct? That's correct. Uh, how long have you been out there? Uh, I'd say about three years now. I moved from the city. Just got fed up with it. So I decided okay. that it's time to go back to back to where I'm from. Kind of, <laughs> kind of. Right on. Right on. Uh, that's ex- that's exciting to hear. And so, um, yeah, I, I think I I'm I have so many questions for you, and and want to make the most yeah. of our time together. I what's your musical journey been like? Like I'd I'd love to really unpack kind of how you fell in love with music and got to this point of being sick of the city and moving this beautiful studio out to, to the mountains, you know? Sure. Well, I was uh, born in Cleveland, Akron area. And then my parents shortly from there moved back to West Virginia, where they're from. And so okay. I grew up in West Virginia and um, self-taught musician, but grew up around a lot of amazing musical influence. Uh, my yep. parents being one of them, both avid music listeners. Uh, mm-hmm. my, my aunt in uh, Akron, Ohio, was a country and Western musician. Her daughter was a rock and roll teenager. So I got lots of uh, 
influence from them with music. Mm-hmm. It was just already there. It was already automatic. And yeah. growing up in West Virginia, I just, you know, really devoted my time to it. And by the time I was and, a teenager, and- I was already working, you know. By the time you were a teenager, you were already working in music. And what what were your what was what were some of your first instruments? Was it, was it piano or guitar or all all of the above? Uh, I would say drums and guitar, then uh, organ, and then piano, and then synthesizer, and then recording technique. <laughs> when you say organ, what what kind of organ? Uh, I had a Wurlitzer organ and my aunt had one as well. Um, and you know, I always wanted a Hammond organ. You know, I grew up listening to John Lord and Ken Hensley and that kind of stuff. Always wanted to play Hammond organ, but you know, never luxury until, you know, much later. And, um, in Akron, Ohio, is Devo in the water there or not? Well, they weren't really part of my upbringing so much. I mean, I was aware of them and became more aware of them during my mom's second marriage, which was when I was around nine. Mm -hmm. And this gentleman had an extremely diverse music collection and really opened my mind to just a wide variety of music, including classical music, especially uh, jazz music, you know, pretty obscure rock, even by today's standards. Um, yeah. And new wave. He was, he was really hip. He just had a really cool, you know, love for music and art and calligraphy yeah. and sketching. And he was a really cool, huge, uh, huge inspiration on my youth with music and I love, art. That, this is beautiful to me. Like, is the idea of like, those influential people along the way that just kind of open up these wormholes to music history and change your life, change your voice, change your path, you know? Absolutely. I, I think that's the thing, even though I'm a self-taught musician, basically, I really had a, just a beautiful cornucopia of, different humans that came through my life and really just made a very strong impression. Teachers. Yeah. Colleagues. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I feel very blessed, you know, so it took me maybe a little longer in certain ways, but I feel yeah. ahead of the game in others, you know, like any other right natural osmosis as a create, creating yeah. human. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. And, and, and the idea of like, self-taught to me like I, I with every one of these interviews and your episode 110 I think every, the question that keeps coming up for me is like I, you have such a rich education and that is evident to me right in your work and so self-taught who were some of you said you t- you you give credit to teachers so who do you give credit to in in that regard of like some of those people that just changed your outlook on music Oh, man, there's so many. You know, I mean, when Mm -hmm. I did go to college briefly, that teacher was a huge, Mm -hmm. had a huge impact on my 
not really being aware of the 20th century classical music and avant-garde. You know, I had, had already had a rich yeah. classical history on my own just from studying for by myself for five years as a teen through the library and through some private yep. instruction organ yep. and classical guitar. Um, but my college professor, wow. you know, thought I was a little know-it-all and asked me to stay after class one time. And I said, sure. And, and in fact, it was right before Easter break, mm-hmm. which is, you know, here right now at this time. Okay. You know, you know when schools okay. break, yeah. break and such. And he pulled out a 16 yeah. millimeter projector and played me the premiere of George Crumb's Ancient Voices of Children composition, which is, oh, blew, whoa. That's blew heavy. my yeah. mind. You know, and I walked out of there floating and yeah. I was bristling with so many other. Yeah, I just, it just opened my mind to this whole other universe of music. You know, I had already felt like a pretty strong. Yeah. yeah pretty strong musician at that age because I was already working and I had my hands in a lot of different things and I was teaching and, and but it, okay. it really humbled me and, and kind of filled me with this new garden of, of, of possibility. And, and actually that's when the real step into electronic music and everything else began it was through that that moment yeah. in a way. Yes. I love how I love how you're like my brain would never uh kind of pin that to like it was just around Easter, you know what I mean? I like I, I don't have that mind. I love that. That's that's exciting. Yeah, I'm very uh happy anniversary to uh Yes, this long time yeah. Happy anniversary with f- falling in love with music. It seems. I mean, you, you've you've been that for for a long while. It seems, you know. But so so, why was it brief? If you don't mind me asking and asking, and where did you go to college? Like, where did you start that? Uh, West Virginia University, and it was brief because mm-hmm. you know I was very poor, and I you mm-hmm. know I had a gig, I had to work, and I had been doing okay. work in the studio. And then from there, I oh, yeah. started to really pick up a lot of gigs as a session player on various instruments. Okay. And with that, I started to travel more and more. And it just, you know, I, as much as I really did want to go to university, I wanted to go to Berkeley. And, um, oh, yeah. and actually moved up there, actually wound up moving up into the Boston area for a while. Um, but just never ended up making it happen. You know, just kind of like I worked so much and studied on my own and, you know, I kept my own notebooks and I also did buy all of the Berkeley books and, and studied them myself. Oh yeah. No, but it would have. Okay. Okay. You're, you're just, when you say self-taught, you mean self-taught like you, you, uh, you had that curiosity, it seems, that is so important in anyone's education, right? Is that desire to learn and, and fill up your brain with all kinds of new ideas. Oh, absolutely. I was addicted to it from a very young age. As soon as I... Great language. I, at one point, yeah, at one point, my 
mom and her husband at the time moved very close to a public library that was phenomenal and had an amazing music department and AV department and amazing collection of books on composers, music physics, Mm -hmm. sound physics. Um, Mm -hmm. I've, I went to that library for, you know, I went there for seven, eight years nonstop and just used it as university. You know what I mean? Get out of here. So it's so, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. I like even even when I went to university, like the real learning was done in the basement in the in the music library. Like, I mean, and someone would tip me off on like Stockhausen, and then it, boom, it's like I got to go down to the library and get into it. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, that's it. You know, and that's what happened to me. Where, you know, what I used to do when I was a teen right before yep. the time I really like kind of obsessed with classical music and more less contemporary more, you know, the 14th up to the 19th century. I, okay. Before okay. that time, when I was really just trying to teach myself theory and understanding different music dialects, I would go into the library yep. and close yep. my eyes and pick out a record for every day just to learn something off of. And then I would keep these notebooks Six. of everything, everything that I would, I would, you know, learn. So, and then that's when the classical young, <laughs> young musicians, if you're listening at home, uh, this is how you do it. A record a day, like the, like the idea of self-taught or taught by many in, in this case is like, the hunger's got to be there. It's got the desire's got to be there, and you feed it, and and it and it leads to new worlds. Absolutely. And so, that's so beautiful. You did. That's did you take? Oh, a we have a her? visitor. This is my daughter, Joni. Say hi. Hi. Hi, Joni. Rich, nice to meet you. What a pleasure. These little things. It's another tick. What? Here, hold on. And Joni, you perform on Pilgrimage, I was reading. He does. Oh, these things are just rampant. What are they? Ticks. She's outside. We got ticks. Okay. Tick check. This is very important. Yeah. If you live out in the country, you got to check for ticks constantly. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Okay. Yikes. I feel my head occasionally. Yeah, that's. You know what it feels like to have a tick, like moving around. It's hard to tell whether they're on you or not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I usually just like instinctively do that, and then I feel like a flake or something. Look out, there's a tick. Okay. Oh wow, wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm scared. I'm scared of ticks. It's all right. Thank you, darling. Go to. Oh, they are okay. You can see the uh, frogs in the library. Okay. Well, thank you for that uh, news report here. That was great. Uh, a nice little tick visit. Well, she came uh, for it there. Yeah. She saw a, uh, a garter snake eating a frog this morning. Oh, welcome. Welcome to the party. That's exciting. It's been very busy. I want to talk. Here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's That's awesome. And that's really beautiful. 
Um, I want to I want to get into that. I want to talk about um, pilgrimage and uh, and the journey. Um, and and I think I definitely reading some of your writing about just in the liner notes of that recording around your daughter and um, and and how how that seems to be obviously um, a, a deep priority of yours right now. And you know um, and seeing that infused in your work too is really exciting to me thank you oh yes being a parent is really everything to me you know and mm-hmm. uh, the music is just a great reflection of that experience of getting to to just photosynthesize with this other human spirit you know that it's oh. of your is of your tree line, if you will. I know it sounds out there, but right. that's what it is. You know, it's this amazing creature yeah. I just watched come into the world from wow. day one. You know, so why why wouldn't wow. you be my in everything else yeah. that I do? You know, because I yeah. have such a close rapport with my kid. You know, it's just you know mm-hmm. she's part of everything I do, mm-hmm. and I don't. Um, she's not necessarily a musician or really all that into it you know i mean she comes in and has fun mm-hmm. with me and when she is in here with me she's she's into it but i try to oh good let her have a mind of her own and to give her the space mm-hmm. to, to to investigate what that might be you know and that's one of the other reasons i didn't choose yeah. to move out here and to kind of step away from the sort of state-of-the-art head and the whole sort of like yeah you know, kids that live in suburbs are usually on an iPad all the time. And it's not, she does yeah. have some yeah. of that too. She has plenty of that, but she has a lot yeah. of, uh, she has a lot of space to develop a mind of her own. That's, that's really what I'm after as a parent. Oh, beautiful. And to be with nature that way, to see a frog eat a, a, a snake, eat a frog rather, or a frog eat a snake, whatever happened out there is uh is important all of it you know just to have that sort of climb trees and to you know we, we have mm-hmm. a lot of sort of mountains and there's rivers nearby and train yeah. through and we go to um, yeah there's caves not too far from here that we'll go to caves and check those out and waterfalls and and it's all a part of that that's exploring the- with your kid and and yeah prepared. yeah that's the classroom hey that's classroom oh that's charming lisa so well, you know what i'm we're gonna go with the flow of we're gonna let that tick guide us in our interview here i know we were talking influences and libraries which is also the classroom but let's let's take a little break and we'll cut to a, a recording if you want to set this up from pilgrimage which you made in collaboration with your daughter inspired by by her journey um let's play summer snows of wolf hollow can you um can you set that piece up for us absolutely well that's her favorite piece on that album and awesome the me whole too pilgrimage album uh, the pilgrimage album is based off of these storyboards that my daughter jenny uh, started drawing at that time and writing and they were pretty elaborate. She wouldn't mm-hmm. let me sh- include them in the album, unfortunately. And that's okay. But 
but she started doing these amazing storyboards with pictures and text and she's oh, wow. an avid reader and writer for her age and wow. so we started she's nine she's almost 10 yes now this is almost year. 10 okay wow yeah, this is about a year ago july yeah. this album yeah and yeah and she was also experimenting with keyboards more she was you know coming in and out of here this door to the studio goes directly out on the deck into the open yard so i can watch her playing and she comes in mm-hmm. and checks out what's going on and i actually had this setup of the the yamaha sk50 which is like a big mm-hmm. double manual organ synthesizer polysynth string ensemble it's you know orchestra mm-hmm. in a box thing then I had yeah. my uh, Moog Voyager sitting on top, and we just sat down at that thing and started playing these melodies together. And she would come down and show wow. me these storyboards, and it just sort of had to happen. I was like, "How about if we wow. make some music with these storyboards?" She's like, "Yeah, that sounds like a good idea." And um, wow. that particular song is I was doing a modular modular modcast uh, program. Yeah. Yes, and I had yeah. to do, uh, like a live track, and so. Um, oh right, right. I, I'm aware of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. So that's what it became. It was that track because. Amazing. Well. That's uh, a pretty much. I think that's pretty much live. All that one, yeah, not the other ones, but I think. Oh, that wild, wild. Live in studio. All right. Well, he, here it comes now. The summer snows of Wolf Hollow.
Uh, I love that. That is a beautiful piece. And the collaboration with your daughter is just so special to me. It's, um, you know, I was going to ask you about collaboration in general in your career. Uh, but with your daughter, how cool is that? It's the best. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. It's the best. What a gift, you know? Yeah, she came up with all the titles for that album and plays plays the harp string ensemble on it and i would just show her nails and then just let her Mm -hmm. sort of you know kind of give her different ideas of time and then yeah yeah there's a there's a great friend of mine uh nickel robertson a musician he's also been on this podcast and he in times of covid has been you know organically starting a family band with his two kids and his wife in the mix. And um, I'm seeing week after week, these projects come out where every tune that they take on is evolving a little bit. You're seeing kind of music education happen in real time and in a unique way that you don't, that, you know, is atypical. I think, you know, it's, and hearing you reflect on this project on pilgrimage as a release is like, you're teaching scales um, to Joni in, in, in real time. And it's a project. It's not a, it's not an exercise. You know what I mean? It, it feels more real life the way that you're exposing your daughter to music. Um, how special to me is that, right? It's no, thanks. It was, really I don't know. It, you know, this is, you know, COVID has been difficult in many ways, but I try yeah. really hard this first, you know, the first year of it to, yeah. to, to do my best to just simply be grateful for the situation I'm in here and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to spend this time with my kid. Cause I haven't, you know, before that I was traveling a lot internationally and, you know, there was a lot of time yep. that I didn't get to spend yep. this journey. You know, this is really a yep. precious yep. time. Yeah, pretty soon she's going to be a teenager and she's probably not going to want to have anything to do with me. <laughs> and that's okay too. You know, that's part, of, yeah. part of developing a mind of their own is to go and run right. things up the black hole, you know, so to speak, see what, you know, see yep. out there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I love your, I love your outlook. And um, so let's get back to you as a, as a teenager uh, leaving, leaving college and working, you were working, who were, who were some of the, the artists that you were working with at that time that, um, I guess you, you, you left college for a number of reasons, but, um, who did you start working with coming out of that, that, that period as a young musician? Well, I mean, nobody, nobody really of, of note, but what I did do mm-hmm. is I worked at studios doing a plethora of different, VHS scoring, showing my age, and TV mm-hmm. and radio commercials. Um, okay. Educa- educational materials, books on tape, all that sort of thing. And Whoa. Whoa. Then, you know, I wanted to get out and play live more, and I wanted to really develop my yep. skills as a keyboardist. And so I, mm-hmm. you know, I bought a Fender Rhodes, an Arp Omni, an Arp Odyssey, and a Mo Prodigy. Whoa, you got Rolling into space it. Space Echo. And this is in the late 80s, early 90s. Because, you know, back then, that was Whoa. cheap, you know, and I couldn't afford a Kurzweil or a, 
you know, Korg okay. M1, like the studio had and stuff. I couldn't afford that stuff. So I bought these instruments. Okay. They, they fit my personality much better anyway. And then I hit the road. Oh, so interesting. <laughs> I hit okay. the road playing uh, R&B in contemporary country, different contracts and some rock and roll. But I tried to sort of just go where the money was so I could go back to my studio and work on what oh. I was really after, which was electronic music. Yeah. I love the, um, I love the jingles in the mix there and you cutting your teeth in a, in a studio in that context. Like that's really important to develop your vocabulary, I would assume. Hey. Well, absolutely. It was very challenging and very, um, it was very rewarding. You know, I learned a lot. I mean, that's where I learned all my studio technique because I had no, mm -hmm. I didn't come up with like that sort of like, you know, quest to be a recording artist. I just wanted to be a really good musician and a composer. You know, I definitely always mm -hmm. wanted to compose music. And I saw the big picture of, my, of music in my own heart. Mm -hmm. But no, I didn't really come at it like, I was frightened of the recording studio. I was like, oh my God, what is all this stuff, man? And, but I, they were very amazing. I had two different studios that I sort of ping-ponged from. Started at one and then eventually got hired in, as a, at another studio. And, you know, just, I had to learn how to cut tape. I had to learn MIDI. You know, it was that, it was that wow. period of the late yeah. 80s where, you know, digital recording hadn't quite, like right when I was getting out of it and pretty much hitting the road the full time, you know, digital tape yeah. was coming yeah. into the picture. And uh, one studio did yeah. have a Yamaha, Yamaha music computer with uh, other digital stuff like uh, mirages and things like that. But I never, okay. I never really enjoyed using them. I, I was more into as soon as I yeah. could like touch a knob and know that I could make something happen. That's when I really became yeah. more interested in synthesis. I, I, you know, it's so interesting when you say like these instruments really fit with your personality and some don't. Right. So it's, I like how you're highlighting that. That's, that's so interesting. Right. I think we all have that. Oh yeah. I mean, if I grew up a little, you know, I grew up like, in an area that was probably 10 years behind, you know? So when I was a young person, I'm right. listening to Uriah Heep and I'm listening to black Sabbath and, 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 you know, the kids my age were probably awesome. listening to culture club and things like that, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's all good right. stuff too. But, right. you know, in the early eighties, I was stuck yeah. in the seventies. I'm actually still yeah. stuck there, but you know, I, you know, that's kind of how I came up. You know, those are my roots. You know, R and B and it's nice. You know, when I, when, yeah, no, I was just gonna say when I look at your work and I and I listen, I I kind of I you look back in a lot of ways as much as you look forward, and so that kind of tracks for me this idea of not really being in a, a time. You know, is like. That I dig that. I, I like, I, I mean, I look at all, you know, all the technology around you right now is like, like some of it's like cutting edge and very new. And then you're recording to tape, right? It's, it's just, it's all of the above. I think it's using all of this vocabulary that you've understood and, and grasped and latched onto over the years. 
Absolutely. And I like both. I use a lot of digital too. I just like to do whatever I like to do. Mm -hmm. That's really, that's my era is personal freedom. And I'm not interested in anybody else's parameters. You know I mean? Who cares? There's no, there's no rules. It's it's all conceptual and it's really your personal intentions of music. And I have my intentions. You know, that's all. Mm -hmm. I have nothing against anybody that wants to make, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people I feel over the last 20 years have confused electronic music with disco music, essentially. You know, I don't think that there's anything wrong with disco music or dance music, but that isn't Mm -hmm. where electronic music started, Mm -hmm. you know, and I kind of like love the very beginnings of electronic music but I also have my own ideas about what I would like, where I would have liked to have taken that had I came up in that era. Does that make sense? You know? And Oh, wow. There's a mix. Wow. Thing. That's, that's neat to think about that. You know, my Anakis to Zawinul to, you know, the Barrett, you know, who's 21st century, yeah. you know? So. Right. Yeah, you you cited the book, uh, some books by Murray Schaefer as also being an influence on Absolutely. on your work. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because um, Schaefer actually is on the podcast as episode number twenty in our Christmas special. So um, any links we can make there, I would love to make them. Sure. Well, I mean, there's so many books that made a huge impact on me. I just tried to. Mm-hmm embrace and read and absorb and apply as much as I possibly could through through all of the things that I've done. You know, I went through many years being a jazz musician primarily and kept um, Mm -hmm. my electronic music out of my career, so to speak, you know, Um, spent years as a guitarist and, you know, all these things to just basically, or different musical demographics because once i realized how important physics are in the making of any music mm-hmm. and the communication and mm-hmm. connection of any style of music then that's mm-hmm. when i really decided to get back out and try to get into a lot of different kinds of musics so i could experience different kinds of people and learn from them and collect data and collect spiritualism and just you know Mm. You want to have all these other things that you're not going to find in books. As important as books are, you know, to developing yeah. uh, your fundamentals, you do have to go out there and yeah. start applying the things and, and developing a contrast for yourself of concept. At least my opinion, anyway. You know, at least for my experience, my journey. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's rich. It's rich. And I, I wonder how important to you is the written note and vocabulary as you develop a huge muscle for, you know, the studio as a language. So I, I think there are different oh, forms of, for me, it almost feels like there's different forms of um, like almost like Howard Gardner and multiple forms of intelligences. And for me, it feels like this, yeah, you know, you're like synthesis is a form of intelligence unto itself that I don't understand completely, you know, I, I, um, so I want to crack your brain a little bit on that end. Like how important is the written note in getting there? 
And then everything else that you do that goes like way beyond that. It's a whole universe. It's all important. It's all equally part of the polarity of each thing as it comes along. You know what I mean? Like mm. there is a whole art to recording mm -hmm. and printing drums to magnetic tape. You know, just think about that concept for a second. There is an entire world of mm -hmm. capturing mm -hmm. beautiful acoustic instruments, acoustic guitars, violas need a certain treatment. Groups of violins need a certain treatment. Recording vocalists need a certain, a certain thing. And so I put right. myself in all these situations over the years just to work myself to death and to just have that mm -hmm. little module in my own development that I can apply to this. You know, like mm. even, even as a musician, I learned mm. how to play things like flute, French horn, um, valve trombone, um, not to become a player, to put it, to yeah. put it in my yeah. pocket as somebody yeah. that could do those things, but just simply to have a deeper understanding of the mechanics right. and of the process and the air and how it relates to being a human, how it relates. To yeah. It's like, that's all part of nice. to me. It's so much more than just like, hey, this gear is cool. And this gear is cool. But what are we doing right. with it application-wise? <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a certain application that needs to be, that needs to be considered for that. Pardon? Where? Here. Yeah. Oh, my. We're on a roll this morning. your head <laughs> there's a with gentle listeners at home there's a another news update coming in oh is it you got it yeah is Gosh, it tick? number two Isn't three? are you serious you're just you're throwing ticks into the bucket we're two ticks in and we're barely 50 minutes into this uh Check interview your kids <laughs> wow you live in the woods you live around grassland Holy, I don't think I could live out. Yeah, yeah. This is exciting and, and, and daunting. This is... Uh, well, this is part out here. Tick check. In the country. You could apologize, sweetie. This is part of the... Part of the yeah. And no, no, no. It's exciting. Don't, don't apologize. This is the real deal. We are learning. Tick check. Our name's Frog and Poopy. Yeah, I told you that even the daytime we're going to find them. But tonight we're going to definitely find a bunch of them. The chick offered them scooch the down a chance to escape, so I just put them in the water. Yeah, <laughs> did you? So we were talking about l literacy, I guess, essentially, and how it's all important to to the journey. Hey. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's you know, it's like you know, when you're traveling, you know, you got to understand my time, you know, my era. You know, I went through a long phase, like I said, of being a session keyboardist and drummer. And so I did a lot of hotels. And I loved them because this is before internet, before cell phones, before just overload of everything. Still had this time to myself to just constantly absorb information. So even I was doing, usually with hotels, I would do like a jazz set or like a, you know, soft set, you know, popular songs, songbook stuff, four mm -hmm. to seven, 
mm-hmm. and then take a dinner break, come back and do rock and roll from 10 to two. And so I would still get up. What a diet. Oh yeah. What a great constantly, you know, constantly working. Yeah. And when I was the keyboardist, yeah. I was often also the bassist. So I played keyboards with right hand and bass with left. Right. And, and then I was always okay. the drum sub. So if the drummer didn't show up or a drummer got fired or someone couldn't do certain dates, then, you know, load yeah. up the kit and have it handy. So, but I would also have these residencies mm. at certain hotels where you would stay there or two weeks depending okay. on what was going on and sometimes you might play a private event like a wedding or a reception or a business function so you would be there for two weeks yeah so i bring tons yeah. of books i would bring sometimes just a fender roads to wow. have in my studio or have in my hotel room every place i live is a studio yeah or i would take you know uh arp 2600 and a couple of tape machines and you know, headphones seriously and you were traveling with an ARP 2600. That's amazing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. A pair of them. When I was going to be great. gone for long periods of time. <laughs> you know, you bet. Yeah, that's so beautiful. It's all become, it's all become yeah. this, uh, right. it's all become this rich guy car thing. You know, it's, you know, it's like there's so many yeah. amazing instruments yeah. that are just sitting there collecting, collecting dust because they, so much money. Yep. It's like they need to be used and used rigorously. That's my that's my philosophy. There you go. In service. Yeah. How um you you you're you're pointing to an era in in music of you know these residencies. It just sounds so rich. Your your musical diet, Lisa. Um, how obviously now we're at a halt in a lot of ways with this great pause that we're in. But how have you seen the music industry just change or de-evolve over the years and um to where we get to to this point i mean and um and how do you feel about that well i would say that there is this beautiful like spectrum of polarity you know with before youtube mm-hmm. yeah it was really hard to mm-hmm, obtain all this, all this literacy, all this musical and technical literacy. They're two completely different worlds, but as, as, time sure. as time continues to go on, we have to have all of that knowledge. We have to have the technical knowledge in order to get that music out to the people or get that music just out of our bodies. So there's these mm-hmm. huge worlds that continue to build. And when YouTube and the internet came in, it just exploded with, you know, making people aware of so many different ideas, concepts, eras of music that, you know, no one would have ever remembered, you know, or passed down, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. even thinking of things in a mm-hmm. cultural sense, you know, I mean, people with money, the governments or whatever, they, they pick and choose what, people are going to remember in history, you know, now we have this huge, you know, awareness of things that we wouldn't Mm -hmm. have had just from, you know, universities and very select, Mm -hmm. um, you know, curriculum. So now we have all these different Mm -hmm. worlds Mm -hmm. that we're aware of. People are aware of 
you know, African funk and Brazilian jazz fusion and, you know, French electronic mm -hmm. music. You know, and there's all these mm -hmm. you know, different eras and destinations and, and um, dialects of music that we get to experience in minutes. Just as soon as you have a thought about something, you can find yeah. it. I think that's amazing. Yeah. I think that's yeah. amazing. I think that I guess if I have any like critical thinking about this time is that there's almost yeah. so much to take in. It's like, where is mm -hmm. that structure to say, Hey, turn it all off and let's see who I yeah. am. Yeah. Individual. And yeah. that's, I'm trying to find more and more in today's music and this era right now, who is who that sounds like them. Mm -hmm. And that's who I am just, you know, trying to be myself, even though there's always derivative influences and backgrounds and things like that. But yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. About who we well, I mean, you, you're embracing you're embracing the moment too. I see it, and you're reminding me that all of the great music that we have at our fingertips right now is made by humans and doing incredible things, and 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 really reflecting on the times that we're in. And you know, I, you're one of the most prolific artists I've seen in the last year, putting out like 14 records since March, since the pandemic hit. It's like. How has that been for you? Like, it's it, has this been a moment of real uh, creation? Like, have you uh, evidently um, <laughs> in your in your output? But like, how has it just been for you as an artist uh, working in this time? Very blessed because I am finally getting yeah. opportunity, getting the opportunity to be myself and and who yeah. i am is someone who is very much in love with music and its process and that starts with the idea yeah. of music and the spirit and feeling of music the visionary of music what i see around me and how that becomes yeah, yeah. electronic sound and that's basically who i am and and to get to do that and to have a family and to have not yeah. know, live alone or it's so many, it's such a blessed time in my life. And I'm so grateful every day to get to, to be this part mm. of my life. You know, there I, I'm deal with the human condition, you know, and I've had, I've had yeah, chapters in my life that I thought that I wouldn't see the other side of, you know, and to live in mm -hmm. this time, and even though we're challenged as mm -hmm. a world right now because of what's going on, you have to make a selection. Yeah. And it comes down to everything. Life, art, health, mm -hmm. music, everything. Mm -hmm. You have to make a selection. And mm -hmm. to get to be in this time, I, I'm just, my heart is so full. And it's not always yeah. easy. And there's been many challenges and mm -hmm. many, you know, my stress level, you know, of, of just kind of yeah. being here yeah. too much. And that way is, is difficult as yeah. beautiful a world as this is. Yeah. But, you know, again, there's that mm -hmm. no contrast, you know, I'm used to chasing planes and, you know, here right. and, there, and I'm right. used to right. having all this 
all this people interaction and and this is fantastic to get to connect with you and 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 this sort of thing mm-hmm. is great too but it's still yeah you know i like to hug people you know and i yeah, like I to hear you i hear you i like to be loud and laugh and you know i i miss yeah you know, to be around you know to teaching in public and just performing and you know it's yeah miss, there's a huge yeah there's a huge imbalance but i have just tried to just really mm-hmm. every day find my gratitude and things because this is what we have right now and like it or lump it this is yeah what we got so what you yeah. do with it? Well, you know, I am I am so thankful for everything that you're saying and sharing with our listeners and with me today because it's like it's it's so inspiring to me to and I, it also feels like we're dangling by threads with the internet connection, which I love. I'm like, we're barely getting this interview in. I know there was a storm near you yesterday. It's beautiful. It's like it's like. It's a, it, that's part of the miracle of like us connecting today and, you know, the whole thing. It's like, um, super thankful to have connected with you, Lisa. And, um, you know, you're, you're, um, is this, would you say this is one of the, the most prolific periods in your career to date? Yes. Like a rec, a record a month, you know? Absolutely. I mean, I went through a long period of even being a successful performer or teacher that, my heart was secretly so low that mm. I thought, well, who would want to listen to my albums anyway? Who cares? You know? And I mean, mm. I still don't assume that anybody really wants to listen to them. And I, I kind of has nothing to do with that, but it goes mm-hmm. back to my kid. And I think, oh. you know, starting parenting at a late age, you know, mm-hmm. I thought, what is the best I can leave behind for my kid? And especially when COVID hit, I thought, well, maybe my health will be at risk, you know, and Mm -hmm. maybe I won't Mm -hmm. be around Mm -hmm. much longer, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and all those things came Mm -hmm. through my, all those things came through my mind. And I thought, well, I better get busy living and just make the music that is coming out. And that's really what I've gotten the chance to do. And, there's so much more that's like connected to that than more of just like, I want to put out as much stuff as possible. There's so many reasons that I want to do certain things. You know, I put out two albums of just Moog one, just to hand over to Moog music and here, you guys can have this. I love everything that you're doing. They've been such a huge positive force to work with during this time. Yeah. And to yeah. to be able to just get into things, to work with Alan R. Perlman Foundation, to work with Bob Moog Foundation, to yeah, yeah, just to get the opportunity to say I'm going to sit down and record a record this weekend and put it out, and no one, oh, I don't have to answer to anyone, or it's not for anybody else. It's just for me and just for what I would love to leave yeah. behind for my kid you know right on that's um yeah it's your your work seems so deliberate you know it's like even in the way you you craft a sound trying to emulate a bird through electronics like i that's uh 
you have you have developed a serious muscle in the in the in the the, the studio and the language that you have developed over over your career. I'm so inspired by that. Thank you. Well, I'm not a really an egocentric person and I'm pretty critical of everything mm -hmm. of, that I do. And, but I do have this sort of, I like to have musical command. Yeah. And that goes with performing live, especially because I like to go into a room and just be like, okay, this is my gig. <laughs> you know, and that's just kind of how you have to, that's how, that's how you have to survive. If I don't, if I don't have, let me explain why I say that. It's, yeah. It's, you know, it's not like bullshit. It's really, okay. If I don't do that, I will become a victim of my own limitations. Wow. And, you know, yeah. I, everyone has their own limitations and I have mine. And, you know, and I, because I am such a critical just you know i'm just very critical about what i do mm -hmm. that it's you have to like just make a selection and sometimes if you don't you know you you won't have as good of a performance or you won't be as clear of a vessel because really none of it comes from me it just comes through me there you and go that is a very liberating thing to think about is that when you hold on to things and if this is my work and this mm -hmm. is my stuff and this is this mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh man how boring how boring that must be that that lacks a i think that that yeah. approach lacks a spiritual kind of um grounding that you you clearly have in your work yeah i mean that, you know that approach of this is mine yeah you know it's like who cares it's just about love what is it you love about music or what is it you love yes and and i've been talking a lot about this lately it might be where i'm at in my career but it's just shed that ego in your work you know like um and and hone what you're doing and uh yeah like you know your your relationships and these collaborations that you evolve over over your work is um evident like i i noticed like you have such strong relationships with moog music and like how how has that evolved over your career? Has that just been something like through being good to people, you continue to build this large second family in your musical world? Well, I think it's just it's just a natural evolution. You know, I've known a handful of the people mode for many years, yep. but it just never seemed to present itself mm -hmm. to work together. And then, you know, it oh. just kind of happened by osmosis and then it just started to happen more and more and then once we developed the trust and a rapport with each other then that turns into go. inspiration and sort of like oh god i can't wait to work with these people again you know when we do those videos you know they're we knock it out and there's that feeling yeah. of camaraderie and it's so much more than like we're trying to yeah. sell you a product. It's not a product. These are instruments made by people yeah. who really are in love with this whole world of possibility that is electronic music or application of electronic instruments in music. And so I'm all for that. And I yeah. love working with people who are kind humans and brilliant, efficient humans. And so it just makes 
logical sense, you know, to work together because we always get stuff done and it feels good to to go from A to B quickly and and to have that sort of support, you know, yeah. they know that they can call me and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to haste. We're going to get it done mm-hmm. and make it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And trust. That word trust is 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 huge in, in, in any collaborative relationship, right? That's it. And we have a great, just simply a great trust and rapport that has developed over time. And it's just been a very natural thing. And, you know, I, you know that's what it's all about, developing that rapport and trust with whoever it is. It's your fellow musicians, your partner, your colleagues. Uh, none of us are perfect, but that intention to, to always bring the best you can, you know? Yeah. I, um, as we wrap, I want to talk about just any, this podcast is called industry tactics, but it's really laughing at the music industry. If anything, I, I wonder if, but it, a lot of musicians listen to this and I wonder if you, what kind of advice you might leave them with just if that, if that last nugget wasn't golden enough. Um, I don't know. I don't know how you and any any kind of overarching mantra to to how you've gotten things done over the years that you want to share. Uh, keep your expectations in check. You know, of yourself, of others, of your audience. Mm-hmm. You know, no one owes you anything, including your listeners. And so, you know, make a home in your world for whoever it is you want to include in it whether it's the people you work with in a business way or if it's your listeners, which are everything. Because here's the deal. It's like music, music is really one of the last true free thinking mediums that we have in this world. And it's the closest thing to nature. It's the closest thing to love. It's the closest thing to intimacy and the opportunity you can have to make a timeless impression on another human is something really precious to me and i feel that you just simply keep your expectations in check and that way you know it's not about the results it's about the process and the journey and that becomes its own orb that people will sort of become part of over time. And that's exactly what it's been for me, you know, because I went through such, I went through 30 years of, you know, working my butt off, but no one knew or cared who I was. And it's not about that. Mm -hmm. It's just about what is it that you're doing to connect with other people? Mm -hmm. And eventually there will be that momentum of, you know, it just becomes this like, thing that's beyond you again it's just something that if we keep our expectations it's like having good time you know you're going to run the whole band you know the drummer is always 50 percent yeah so have a good time you know and have a good time (laughs) while you're doing it you know people will attract to that that's that's key right there at the end is have a good time right time man this is a short trip thank you (laughs) Well, this has been, this has been a, a delight, a delight. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on your program. Um, I, and where can people learn more about your work, Lisa? 
you can go to lisabelladonna.com and you can go to my band camp at bandcamp.lisabelladonna.com. You can find yes. a lot of my videos on Moog Music's YouTube page. Okay. And I am trying very hard to put out more work on my YouTube, which is all just under my name. So, so social media, hit me up on Instagram. I do Q and A. I try to do yep. it every weekend, but it's been tough. Yep. A lot of stuff going on right now. I see that. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of ticks. There's a lot of ticks in those long grasses. So a lot of ticks. I've had, I've lost a lot of friends. I lost, you know, I lost six really good friends in two months. And so it's, it's been kind of tough. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm trying so sorry. to just work my way through these things and then we'll get back to normal programming. Mm -hmm. Hit me up on Instagram if yeah. you have questions mm -hmm. about electronic music or instruments. And I always try to offer a little bit of uh, something positive to the community, which, you know, we're all part of. I, 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 you use the word blessed and I really feel honored that uh, for you to have made time for, for, uh, for, for me and the, and the podcast and our listeners. And um, I really am thankful for, for all that you share and, and give. It's really, uh, it's an honor to chat with you today. Oh, thanks so much, sweetie. Thanks for having me. Hope you have a great weekend. Take care. We'll see you soon. Well, there you have it. That was episode 110 thank you lisa belladonna go to lisabelladonna.com to learn more about her work that was a real treat and uh, we're going to go out with a track from lisa's most recent release nyctophilia this is de mar and enjoy it and we'll see you again next week lots of exciting special guests coming up on Industry Tactics. Thank you so much for listening and please share the news with your friends to subscribe at Industry Tactics. Take care, everybody. Mm -hmm.